Welcome to Doc's Freedom Files. There's been a lot of talk about amnesty for illegal aliens. It's a bad idea to reward people who burden American citizens with billions in social welfare and declining wage costs. Interestingly, it tends to be the left and progressives who support illegal alien amnesty. But the debate made me think about another type of amnesty. It's one which the left, if they are sincere in their off-stated concern for humanity, should embrace. And it's one which the right, if they are sincere about their respect for individual rights, should welcome. I'm talking about amnesty for the countless Americans in prison for victimless crimes. Our prisons are loaded with people who haven't done the slightest bit of harm to anyone else. In fact, we incarcerate more people per capita than Russia, China, Cuba, or any other country for which such records are kept. Huge numbers are incarcerated for drug crimes involving no one but themselves. They're not the only ones. We imprison those who violate, knowingly or innocently, technical firearms regulations, land use regulations, raw milk regulations, food regulations, unapproved therapy regulations, and on and on and on. The list seems endless, and there invariably seems to be someone making a buck at the end of the regulation and imprisonment trail. Let them go. Let them go free. All of them, I say, wipe the slate clean. These people don't belong in prisons. The people who write and enforce the laws that fill our prisons with non-criminals belong in asylums. I say these things not because I'm soft on crime. I think the worst of humanity's scum, the cold-blooded murderers and child molesters, should be hung in front of the county courthouse at noon. I say these things because, A, they're an affront to human rights, dignity, and liberty, B, they don't work, and C, they're hideously expensive, and I don't want to pay for it. The victimless crime racket does, in fact, have multiple victims. They're called you and I. You can see it as our society becomes ever more regulated and less free, as the tax burdens rise, and as respect for individual rights becomes little more than a fading memory. This is Doc Toops wishing you life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Still there 
Hi, I'm Cope Reynolds, and welcome to The Shooting Bench, the most radical, right-wing, conservative, no-holds-barred, information-packed, freedom-loving, firearms information program on talk radio. Beginning Cause we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. There's a book sign, put your name at the top of his list and statue. Wednesday, the 27th of May. Welcome to the shooting bench. It's um, a lot of things go on over here over the last few days. I'll get into that here in a little bit. But um, I guess we have a number of gun-related stories tonight and some more. You know, this this coronavirus thing just refuses to go away. There's just, it continues to uh, dominate the, the news and the, you know, everything about it. And everything from uh, violence in some areas due to restrictions, which that's that's about to, I think, uh, come into full bloom here very shortly. People's tempers are getting short. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, hang on just a second here. Yeah, I should hang on. All right. Okay, that's better. Anyway, let's, uh, let's take these things one at a time here. Dang, it's warming up, isn't it? It was supposed to be, uh, is it tomorrow? Today. 12 degrees in Phoenix. It's not even June yet. So I think this is going to be a warm one. I, I see uh, weather reports and little little flash deals here and there about uh, the hot, the heat that's coming. And uh, the rain's not coming with it as of yet. So we're under the forest are completely shut down. I mean, you can drive out there, but uh, you know, no uh, no recreational shooting. No fires of any kind except little propane stoves. Um, a lot of restrictions in what you uh, what you can and can't do out there. And I, I mean, I, I get it. I understand you. It don't matter how many restrictions there are. Doesn't matter how hard they enforce them, what they threaten you with, how many signs there are, how many rangers there are. It doesn't make any difference. Every year, and already this year, there are people that get caught. I was listening to the scanner, uh, I think yesterday. No. Anyway, two or three days ago. And uh, a city cop was out somewhere where there's some woods and and, uh, heard them say that they're going to stop and extinguish a fire and have a little chat with some people there. So... And so, yeah, I, I hate that we have these restrictions, and it's not theirs to restrict. You know, we get that. We understand that it's the it's the people's forest, but the people burn it down every year if somebody doesn't, you know, do something. So it's kind of a kind of a catch twenty two there, I guess. And I don't know. Uh, I guess if they turn it over to the state and let the state take care of it, that would that would solve both problems. So. Anyway, let's let's move on. I got a lot of things I need to cover here in a short time to do it. Santa Fe, New Mexico, yeah, and I'm sure this was at um, uh, all of the national cemeteries, but this particular story just happened to be about the one in Santa Fe. 
that uh, Memorial Day being a whole lot quieter than usual. They don't didn't have the the traditional uh, Memorial Day celebration that was open to the public and everything. They did allow individuals to come in and and uh, you know put flowers on the graves of their their loved ones and whatnot. And they said they had like a, a thousand people before noon come in and and do that. So. That's good that they didn't close it down completely. I'm, I'm uh, you know, things are opening back up in in some areas and and uh, closing down more in others. And they we keep seeing this we keep seeing this phrase out there, the new normal, you know. And I've said by myself uh, years ago before this ever even started that there was. Uh, you know, at some point we're going to have to, uh, there's going to be a new normal established in how we conduct ourselves and everything from self-defense to um, food storage to, you know, buying your land, how you spend your money and just everything. And there, I don't know how else to put it. There is going to be a new normal here and you can put it however you want to. You can you can phrase it in whatever manner that that blows your dress up, but uh, it is going to be a new more a new normal. And uh, because this is not ever going to go away completely, we're going to be dealing with this. You know, there are uh, I think California is talking about being shut down through uh, Independence Day. And somebody else was some other state or county was talking about being shut down through uh, through the end of the year and canceling. I, uh, I don't remember if it was Christmas activities or, or something, but but um, they just won't give it up. They they've they've got this power. They're hungry for it, and they're uh, they get very very uh, very testy if you. Try to take their power away from them. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but uh, you know that 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 fan and that mess we keep talking about. I think that um, we're just about there. Matter of fact, in Minnesota, Minneapolis, right now, uh, all the last couple of days, uh, they've, they've a couple of new videos have come out about the. You, you may remember the. Um, the guy that died, what was his name? Floyd, somebody. Um, George Floyd. And this was just a couple of days ago where they had him down on. He was not resisting. He said he'll get in the car. He did everything he could do, crying for his mama. I mean, he's just doing everything he knew that they were going to kill him. And this this jackbooted thug. Had him down on the ground. There was three of them had a hold of him. Another one was standing there watching. One of them had his his uh, knee across this guy's neck, and he ultimately died. And uh, they've been fired, those four cops. But <laughs> that ain't near enough. Even the the mayor of that town, Minneapolis, um, is calling for charges to be brought against these these cops. And they should be. They should be charged. They should be uh, detained, locked up, 
and tried. And if found guilty, they should be suffered the same punishment as any other citizen would get up to and including the death penalty. Uh, the guy that had his knee on the neck of this guy, George Floyd, that's the one that, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, unless there's something we have not seen from the video that we've seen of this, uh, he's the one that should be given the you know, uh, maximum sentence, whatever. Not just fired. When you get fired, you go to another police department and go to work. Um, now it may not be quite as simple as all that under the circumstances, but there's nothing keeping them from going to a small town somewhere and going to work as a deputy at the sheriff's office or something. And, uh, so this is, this is a bunch of bull. But anyway, uh, I guess there's, uh, some militia have showed up in, uh, in Minneapolis. A tremendous, huge protest, um, armed, individuals out there and uh you know i've been listening to the scanner off and on uh, today and uh i have a, an app on my phone that i can uh, listen to heavy traffic areas that's going on you know around the country and uh this happens to be one of them there and there was um uh, you know they're they're calling in swat teams and and using tear gas and, and everything else. Um, it says, uh, let's see, within this, this, let me get back to what was going on when they, when they killed this guy. A bystander that videoed this got it out on social media, shows the officer uh, appears to be white, which I don't know that that's relevant except the fact that Floyd was black. And in that part of the country, that's probably not a, a great combination considering the circumstances. But Floyd was pinned face down on the street, and he could be hearing, heard repeatedly pleading with the officer to get up. He said, please, man, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I cannot breathe. And in just a couple minutes, the video showed Floyd closing his eyes and no longer saying anything. And the officer appears to keep his knee on his neck even uh, as some of the people stand around started shouting at him, telling him he wasn't moving and, and, uh, demanded that the officers help him. The video shows a second officer nearby looking in the direction of the onlookers. Police called for an ambulance, but he died shortly after arriving at the hospital. And, uh, so there's, uh, uh, I, I just, I can't see after they had him completely subdued and cuffed, why they continued to do this. That is the absolute epitome of a jackbooted thug. That's what they do. They kill people and break things. And, and that's what's happened here. And it's a, it's a shame because yeah, even though we're seeing this more and more, and I've, I've said this a million times, there's still lots of good cops out there, but this is sure putting, a, you know, this protest now, uh, lots and lots of white people are not all black like they are in uh, a lot of these protests back east like this and under these conditions. Everybody saw that this was 
uh, was a travesty that it was uh, that it was wrong. And uh, so there's there's a whole ton of people involved in this protest. But um, they've uh, families got an attorney and everything. Uh, he uh, said no weapons were used or anything except for the. There's a. Um, how many white black deaths will it take until the racial profiling undervaluing? You know, and this does look very much. From what I've seen in this video, it does very much look like racial profiling. Maybe not racial profiling, but, you know, racial, racially motivated event here, you know. So, and, uh, well, well, we'll let that go. We'll keep an eye on it because I, I can promise you we haven't, we haven't nearly seen the end of this one, you know. All right, let's move right along here. There is, uh, there was an officer at a church in North Carolina, uh, a deputy, sheriff's deputy, and he uh, shot a man who was armed with a knife when the, uh, I guess he wasn't going to church. He was called, you know, there's a, there was a complaint that he, this guy had disrupted an outdoor church service with a knife and, and, uh, cops showed up. Of course, they, wouldn't drop the knife. He said the man lives across the road from the church and driveway about 200 yards from the from the service, and had been shouting obscenities at the congregation the whole time. And uh, finally went over there with, and I guess he was didn't like the the amens or the hallelujahs or the music or whatever was going on, and uh, he decided he'd just go put an end to it with his knife, I guess. But uh, anyway, deputies showed up, struggled with him for a little bit, and and uh, finally they wound up um, firing at him and and hitting him, and they took him to the hospital. So don't know what happened after that. <clears throat> the, the wounded man and the deputy who shot him. Now I don't know why they have to put it. Why does this matter? I see why it mattered in the last story. I don't see why it matters in this story. It said the wounded man and the deputy who shot him are both white, according to Underwood in the sheriff's office statement. So, why do we even bring that up? The media is does everything they can possibly do to keep this boiling, to keep it brewing all the time, this racist stuff. It doesn't matter that they were both white. It doesn't matter if they were both black. It doesn't matter if one was white and one was black. This doesn't matter. One had a knife, the other had a gun. The guy with the knife lost. That's that's how the story goes. What color you were didn't matter. What matters is you brought a knife to a gunfight. Just sucks to be you right now. White, black, yellow, brown, red, whatever. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. This uh they say back to this deal in in, in uh, Minneapolis. I've got another little story here. It shows a picture of my Lord. There is a huge protest there. But anyway, they'd surrounded the police station, vandalized it. And that's when they, uh, I guess, called in the, the SWAT teams and stuff. It said that the Minneapolis Police Department 3rd Precinct has been surrounded by protesters who have started smashing the windows with bricks. 
Uh, remember the window war that I played? When was that Monday? Numerous police vehicles in the parking lot have had their windows smashed out and contents vandalized. Officers are inside in the surrounded building and other officers in the crowd, uh, con- crowd con- are in crowd control gear have responded, started to respond to the parking lot and are deploying gas. So that's several, several videos here. I wish I could show you, but I'm sure you can find them. But, uh, these police cars are, are painted up and busted all up and everything. They, these people have really gotten involved. You know, look at an overall picture of, um, all the people that are there. And I'll tell you what, there are every bit as many whites as there are blacks, if not more. So they, uh, these, these cops definitely hit a nerve this time. It's, it's, it's going to be a problem. Guarantee you. There was a, in New Zealand, there's a gun shop there. And, uh, he has been forced to relinquish some of his guns, forced to send some very rare and expensive rifles to the, uh, to the scrapyard here. This is part of complying with the new, very, very arbitrary and senseless new gun ban on popular type sporting rifles. And some of these, uh, says the county, the country's government last year banned a sweeping array of legal firearms, including antiques and collectibles, targeting an estimated 170,000 guns in private hands. Owners did not choose to hand over they're often treasured family heirlooms to authorities at comparatively paltry preset prices. Face five years in jail if they don't comply. Likewise, gun shop owners have had to hand over their inventory, frozen in place by the new law, could not be sold. Guns cannot be, even be donated to museums. An outlet that saved many now outlawed firearms in Australia. He said few collectibles being taken by the police are being are to be crushed today that's so senseless that's just so retarded the guns include a browning mark a browning bar mark ii uh, a vintage 1950s dutch armalite ar-10 um those things are worth a little money this ar-10 that is an old old original dang that's i'm looking at a picture of it here that's a dang sure an old one Anyway, it says, uh, it appears that, um, to be an early waffle mag runs about $150. The AR-10 is from Armalite's ultra-coveted licensed production by Dutch small arms maker, um, I don't even know how to say that, AI, who produced about half of the original 10,000 rifles before Armalite sold the rights to the, of the, for the guns in 1961. It includes what appears to be an early waffle mag, which run about 150 days and then 150 days, 150 dollars these days by themselves. So that's what's going on in New Zealand right now. And we have, let's see, I had another deal here about gun. Here we go. In New York, the oldest gun store in New York is closing for good. 
Now that that sounds awful, and it is awful because it's a it's a historic thing. But they haven't really sold many guns there for a long time. It's mostly accessories and everything because the uh, you know the laws are so so bad and so in, intrusive there, and and uh, so it, it's not that there's another outlet there that's not selling guns because they weren't selling guns anyway. But it's still the oldest gun store in New York, and it's closing up for good, uh, primarily due to so they say due to the uh, strict COVID-19 response uh, that the governor has uh, put in place there. So it made no exception for the firearms industry. So we could go on and on and already have quite a bit about the uh, permanent closing of uh, a lot of stores and businesses and stuff. Very unfortunate. So, let's see. Uh, no. The, um, I don't know what authority Trump has to do with this, and I don't have a problem with it, really. If, uh, you know, he's threatening to shut down some of the social media outlets, particularly Twitter. And, of course, there, that's going to be a First Amendment issue, quite naturally. But when you have an outlet there that is, uh, blocking your posts and your information and his information and, you know, and, but allowing um, false and misleading posts from the other side, there is also a First Amendment violation there. So as they say, um, to defeat the enemy, you must become him or something like that. So um, there's, you know, and 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 Facebook and all these, they're doing the same thing. They're they're blocking people's posts and covering them up with um, these these blurry deals and asking you, are you sure you want to see this? Uh, so the, so that in my mind is just as wrong and just as much of a violation. So, you know, once again, I'm going to start pushing for people to go to Gab, Gab.com. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just just go to Gab.com, create an account. Uh, they, they're making it look a whole lot more like uh, Facebook, a little bit easier to navigate. Uh, it's the easiest now that it ever has been. They continue to upgrade and and improve Gab. And it's a lot easier to use now. They have private uh, encrypted um, chat rooms in there. They have a lot of new features that I think are are very much worth the uh, the learning curve. It's not nearly as steep now as it was six months ago. It, it's it's much easier now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know invite you guys to get back into uh, looking at Gab. It was hard to do there for a long time because it was just, they just didn't have the, but you know, everybody, every, all of the big media outlets are all fighting Gab. They're not allowing, you still can't find them in, um, in the play store on either Apple or, or the Android or the Google play store. Um, they've, they've banned them. And to to fight everybody in the world and still make as much progress as they have says quite a bit for them. And 
I think you owe it to, to them to at least give it a try. It's free. If you, um, of course, they, they make all their money from, there's no ads of any kind. Unless someone puts one in a post. Uh, and, and nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is is banned or deleted unless it is something that is blatantly illegal you can post all of the all of the ugly cuss word racist n word whatever you want to and uh there'll be nothing said about it if you don't like it then then uh you know block the person that's doing it but there are there are no exceptions unless it is illegal so if you're getting tired of having your your stuff trampled on and and uh, and deleted and blocked and and everything and get going to Facebook jail and whatever, then go to Gab. I know several of you have accounts at Gab, but I don't ever see you there. So I'm getting I'm trying to I'm getting better. I'm I've posted quite a bit of stuff there here lately and and I'm working on I'm going to get a uh, chat room and everything going there. I've got the uh, the wolf um, page, and I think I got one for Southwest or uh, the shooting bench and uh, some other stuff there. So, so come join me. <clears throat> the uh, let's see, I need to hurry here. I've got things to do, place to go, and people to see. In Kentucky, this is uh, I'm anxious to see how this turns out. They have hung an effigy of. Uh, the governor there, Andy Bashir, and uh, Second Amendment supporters are protesting these uh, coronavirus uh, restrictions. And they say what started out as a freedom-loving celebration of the Second Amendment ahead of Memorial Day turned into the governor being hanged in effigy and protesters chanting outside the governor's mansion. Now, I, I don't, I'm anxious to see what happens to these people, if anything, you know, because they did this to... Uh, uh, you know, Sarah Palin and I don't know, a couple of others years ago and uh, nothing happened to them. Nothing happened to them because they were conservatives. So I'm, I'm really anxious to see in a day or so what uh, what happens here. Uh, this was in was in Kentucky. I was trying to see where the what the town was. Anyway, several uh, constitutional groups and everything are in there. Pastors are saying, you know, this is this is one of the biggest shams in world history. Grown men have been hiding in their homes, nearly wet in their pants over this invisible enemy that nobody sees. Where's it at? Let it come out and face us. I serve the one true and living God who conquers all enemies. Why should we give our freedom and our liberties up for such fear and propaganda and all the garbage that's coming out of Frankfurt today? Frankfort, Kentucky. So there you have it. All right, I got to get one more in here, two more, real quick. Uh, and, and this one, I still haven't found out what the whole skinny is here. Denver has ordered the closure of postal facilities that handle all the mail for Colorado and Wyoming due to public health issues. They say. Denver's Public Health Department wants to shut down USPS location that gets every piece of Colorado's mail after five employees tested positive for COVID-19. So I don't know what authority Denver has to close down a federal facility. 
uh, it's going to be uh, I think there's going to be there's going to be some some discussion here. We're going to have to uh, this this uh, facility employs about 1,800 postal employees, and uh, this is going to be a major a major thing. So we'll kind of keep an eye on this and see what happens. It may just quietly die, or it may turn into a a major legal battle. We'll see. But uh, I'll keep you informed here. One last thing. Let's see. A couple of things. The CDC has admitted to giving misleading testing data over COVID-19. Several states have been making the same mistake. They say, and we knew that. We knew that. We've always known it. We've known it from the beginning. You know, from the, in the beginning, I was very wary of this, uh, uh, this virus. Because there was too many unknowns here, and I was—I didn't just automatically jump out there like so many people did and say, "Oh, this is all bull. This is all all made up." Yeah, well, I agree that it is now, but in the beginning, I'm not going to say that until I have proof other than just assuming. And I just—I hate people that assume stuff and then make a bunch of you know. Uh, misleading statements out there and then find out later that they're they're not factual so i try to wait i mean i've been wrong before of course but i try to wait until i you know see what's going on but uh, i see what's going on and uh you know i'm pretty much um, you know 90 percent changed over from what i was when this first came out all right one last deal here and uh Doc, this will interest you, I think, and and uh, several of you here. There is, uh, it's a it's a video, and I can't play the video for you. But the world's very first 50 cal, 50 cal rated body armor is available, and uh, it it looks. Uh, it doesn't look a whole lot different than um, other body armor. It's a little thicker, a little heavier, it looks like, a little, little blockier. So, um, obviously, you would expect that if it'll stop 50 cal. But um, <laughs> the video is kind of uh, kind of interesting. And you can find it's on YouTube. Just and if you want to do a search for it, it's just world's first 50 cal rated body armor. It's all you got to put in, and you can watch the video. It's almost 20 minutes, 18 minutes, and uh, but it's fun. It's interesting to watch. So anyway, with uh, all that being said, I guess I need to share one more thing with you that I've uh, been uh, wrestling with. But my uh, mother passed away here. Yesterday morning, about seven o'clock Pacific time, and uh, she's been, you know, for the last several months, she's been in in pretty bad shape, and we've been keeping an eye on her, and we we knew it was uh, we knew it was at the end, and so we're going to violate some social distancing laws and some uh, regulations here, and I'll, I'll tell you about that after it's over with, and it's going to be. Before it's all done, said and done, it's going to be a couple of weeks. But my mom was, uh, she was born in, in uh, April of, of 1933. 
So I made her uh, 87 years old now. She just turned 87 last month. And uh, she has uh, spent every, every waking moment of her life helping other people. That's all she's done. She has, I've never seen any one person in my life, nor have I heard of anyone that has sacrificed so much of their life for other people and for, and get nothing in return for it uh, other than, you know, the customary thank yous and, and all that. But uh, that's all she's ever done. Uh, she has watched, you know, a half a dozen people die that she was caring for. And she was the one that uh, was always angry because they charged so much and people weren't taking proper care of them and everything. So she would um, dedicate her life to um, helping these people out until right up to the very end. And uh, some of you Farmington people would, would know the, the names if I mentioned them, but of some of the people that she's helped but anyway she has uh she has definitely long since earned her wings so she's gonna she'll she'll go right to the front of the line when she gets up there and uh i'm sure she'll wander around up there and find somebody else to take care of for some reason or another anyway that's all i got to say about that i'm gonna get on out of here and we'll see you guys hopefully this Friday for Liberty Lounge. Good night.